Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601 992 6000. You know, the joy of doing this podcast, Mississippi Magic, is to rekindle a Mississippi memory so that the embers glow long enough to be passed on or to just have someone say, hmm, I didn't know that. Either way, it's a great motivation in doing yet another episode, this one titled A State of Inspiration. Here's the background. You know about the history of our mega sports in America, football, baseball, softball, basketball, and more. But like the earth itself, it wasn't always around. For instance, I don't know if you knew this, but softball wasn't derived from baseball as many people think. It was actually football that gave it life. The very conception came about when a Yale fan heard the winning score over Harvard. When he heard Yale won, he playfully tossed a boxing glove at his Harvard friend, who in turn swung at it with a stick. (laughs) The rest is history. But it took someone with passion in each sport to take it to the next level, all the way up to the professional level. So it happened with another sport, one that in economic impact and popularity, some would argue rivals some of the others. And yes, our state became a big player with a bit of Mississippi magic. More on that in just a second. First, a big old thank you to our sponsor, Divinity Equipment, who in turn says thank you to each and every customer. Leading into fall, it's been one of the best seasons ever, welcoming a record number of customers to the family. No wonder. Divinity Equipment has been doing that since 1967 with a constant commitment to exceed your expectations. Really is this simple. When you finally make that decision for a compact tractor, zero-turn mower, utility vehicle, construction needs, hay farm equipment, Divinity wants you to know that without a doubt, you've gotten the best deal, best financing, and of course the best quality with names like Kubota and New Holland. But that relationship continues with a commitment to service after the sale. Divinity Equipment, Highway 51 North in Madison and also in Jackson. Look, get the complete information, inventory, rental, all these things. It's always available at DiviniEquipment.com. Now back to the latest episode of Mississippi Magic titled A State of Inspiration. Fishing's always been a popular sport in America, from cane poles to deep-sea angling. Decades prior, it was more about food than fun. But in 1967, one man changed all of that. His name? Ray Scott. Here's the backstory. If you're not a fisherman, you wouldn't understand that not all fish have the same fans. Across the South, traditionally small aluminum boats cast off to fish for catfish, brim, and crappie. The lowly bass was scorned as a thief, a freshwater shark that would annihilate a lure, at best making you re-rig, at worst snapping your rod and ruining a good fishing day. But the bass had its fanatics, more for sport than meat. The vicious shark-like attack and the degree of difficulty, figuring out its mood, its location, its degree of patience on any given fishing trip. The bass garnered a multitude of fans who had to uh, whisper their love for the sport in the presence of the old-timers who would like the fish to be completely eradicated. Story goes, Ray Scott had planned a trip to one of the hottest bass impoundments in the nation. He heard the new lake was producing monster bass in just about every section and structure of the lake. (laughs) Couldn't wait to get there. 
He checks into his hotel, preps his simple boat and motor by today's standards, and just as his perfect fishing trip gets underway, he's greeted by a major March coal frontal system producing a lot of wind and heavy torrential rain. Well, the Saturday fishing trip he dreamed about was a washout. And at dinner that night with a fishing buddy, the conversation turned to the growing popularity of bass fishing, despite how much the old-timers hated the largemouth bass. Well, Ray was a bit reticent about sharing his grandiose ideas, and this from a guy who had a tremendous talent in sales and marketing. But speaking openly about the largemouth bass could draw some negative attention. You see, while stuck in the hotel room most of that stormy Saturday, Ray Scott flipped through the TV's limited channels with most of the networks broadcasting a professional sport. Ray Scott believed if he could just bring the bass fishermen out of the closet and have them join other fishermen in a competition, it would catch on. And catch on it did. Just months later, BASS was formed, Bass Angler Sportsman Society. From those humble beginnings with the first tournament held at Beaver Lake in Arkansas, BASS started with 106 anglers from 13 different states competing in that one tournament. Now, looking back to describe the tremendous impact Ray Scott had is daunting. You see, the sport of fishing seems so casual, almost an Andy Griffin Mayberry pastime with Opie. But here's just a small part of what that brainstorm spawned while seeking shelter in a hotel room during a thunderstorm. A network of BASS bass fishing clubs across America all the way to Japan. Hundreds of thousands, all united be it in different languages, but learning together the sport of bass fishing. A revolution in evolution from a bass boat that looked more in the early days like a bathtub in comparison to today's heavily equipped fighter jet costing as much as a fine sports car. And there were those who became legends in that multi-billion dollar industry like Forrest L. Wood, Flippin' Arkansas, the founder of Ranger Boats and widely acknowledged as the father of the modern bass boat. There's Bassmasters Magazine that bass fishermen young and old not only learned the tips from the pros, but whetted their fishing appetite when they were landlocked. And even today in many colleges that have bass fishing club competition, a collection of Bassmasters Magazines is considered classroom books. And then there was this one young bass fan who got his start by selling fishing tackle in the back of his father's store. Today, it's a company that's worth billions of dollars and started by a guy named Johnny Morris, founder CEO of Bass Pro Shops, and recently the new owner also of Cabela's. Ray Scott's idea on that rainy Saturday, holed up in a hotel room because of torrential rain, also changed the life and careers of so many founding members. They've become bass fishing celebrities over the decades, from TV fishing shows to televised tournaments. And these pioneers will be forever remembered in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. I hitch my boat onto the back of my truck. I called a friend and said, let's go try luck. He said, I'm sorry, buddy, I can't go. I'm watching the Orlando Wilson fishing show. He's a great American fisherman. He'll fish anywhere. Anywhere there's water, Lord knows he'll be there. He just... Names like Roland Martin, Hank Parker, Denny Brower, Orlando Wilson, Rick Klung, Jimmy Houston. So... 
And of course, a guy raised in Lynchburg, Tennessee, who considered becoming a doctor like his dad and granddad before him. Bill Dan still fishing and still on TV. And to be honest, as accident-prone as the legendary video show, we're kind of glad he chose fishing instead of surgery. Those are just a few of the names of innovators and entrepreneurs who took their love of the sport and made it a career from tournaments to TV, boats to tackle, like a guy named Tom Mann, who turned a hobby in making plastic worms into a multi-million dollar artificial bait business on the popularity of his first product called Mann's Jelly Worm. Many of these well-known fishing icons qualified for the Super Bowl of tournaments, the Bassmasters Classic, and who can forget the early classics? where they were all escorted in the early morning darkness to a mystery lake. But Ray Scott's idea on that rainy Saturday in the hotel room didn't only explode several industries to support the sport, but he also changed the attitude of conservation at the same time. You see, by the time the third bass tournament took place, the best fishermen from across the country were now competing. The rules and regulations of limit, size, catch and release were basically non-existent. For instance, one tournament was won by a guy named Pete Henson. Pete brought to the scales a string of bass weighing 124 pounds, 3 ounces. Let me repeat that. 124 pounds, 3 ounces, the winning stringer. Oh, there was a lot of coverage for the media. That turned out not to be a good thing for Ray Scott's nascent organization. You see, the local bass fishermen became upset. And conservationists weren't happy either, with bass and the way they were treating their local resources. Ray Scott, ever the marketing genius, quickly called a community gathering to get the locals' input. And in a state of inspiration, Scott set the mood of the meeting when he opened it with a prayer and a gospel song, totally disarming any mumblings in the crowd. In short order, Ray Scott turned BASS from an insensitive group of bubbas to conservation members who are still today ambassadors of the environment. BASS took on the issue sometimes with lawyers, from pollution to invasive species, from the Great Lakes to the Gulf Coast. In the fall of 2010, Ray Scott sold bass to ESPN. And today the tournaments continue not only as major events on the channel broadcasting pro sports, but also on thousands of lakes and rivers by local clubs across the globe. So how did our state play a part in the creation of this mega industry? Well, here's how. Mississippi has a list of celebrities who have made a name for themselves in fishing bass tournaments over the years. Names like Paul Elias from Laurel, who has eight wins and 56 top 10 finishes in his career. Pete Pons of Madison, who qualified for the Classic and also has competed in over 150 professional tournaments. In 1992, a Mississippian named Robert Hamilton actually won the Classic, followed up in 2013 from Petal, Mississippi, Cliff Pace. He also won the Classic. But there's more. You remember that tournament that set in motion a nationwide conservationist movement by BASS? A movement that reached from the environment to instituting catch-and-release programs that's now adopted by every fishing competition in America. Well, that tournament, where the first-place catch weighed in at 124 pounds and 3 ounces, that tournament, only the third in BASS history, was on Ross Barnett Reservoir in Jackson. Now, all of that is good enough reason to include Mississippi as part of the history of the sport. But that's not the main reason. You see, on that fateful March Saturday in 1967, when Ray Scott's much-anticipated fishing trip, the one rained out from a spring cold front moving through, with the idea that gave birth to the sport, millions of fans, exploding support industry from fishing equipment to television, was born 
right here in Mississippi. The dream fishing trip was on one of the hottest lakes in America at the time, Ross Barnett Reservoir. The hotel where the very idea of BASS was born was on a busy strip of road with a wide array of hotels and restaurants, Highway 82 West in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, needless to say, anyone could have had the same idea any place in America, but they didn't. Maybe it was because Ray Scott came to the state of inspiration, where he got a bit of Mississippi magic. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.